This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. There's been a huge rise in focus on video by tons of different platforms, which has us thinking, is it really important for marketers to start focusing on video in their marketing efforts? Today for our episode, we are talking about video marketing trends for 2024, and I am joined by our lead media producer, Michael. I think in terms of like where we're coming from here, there's platforms like Meta where they used to be a photo prioritized platform. Everything was about posting the perfect grid. And now there's a lot more effort put towards that short form video content. I think it's very much coming from, you know, competing with TikTok and Mm -hmm. our attention spans and, you know, the, I don't know, whatever's triggering off in people's brains that has them addicted to their phones around movement and sound and everything. Um, But it has us thinking about what we should be doing as marketers in terms of a focus. So, Michael, from your perspective, are you seeing a lot more uh, demand and need for media? Uh, absolutely. I think it's um, it's just going to continue to become more prevalent uh, as time goes on. Uh, and we see that in, in the trends. Um, the big companies are now trying to have more of a online presence, not just on web and not just about having that perfect Instagram page showcasing yeah. their products and services, but adding uh, personality and trying to inject the, how they want people to see and interact with their brand into their social media. And the best way to do that um, and the way they have been doing that is through video. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year, a couple of years ago, we kind of saw the rise of all these TikTok accounts, um, yeah. the represented brands, where it was like oddly self-aware and a little bit self-deprecating sometimes, <laughs> where it yeah. would be somebody posting, I'm I'm the social media manager for X brand. Oh, that's uh, like right. Interact yeah. with this so I don't get fired. <laughs> and right. obviously just playful yeah. and very planned. Um, but it, it's evidence that the trend is definitely shifting in, in favor of adding more personality to your content production. And the best way to do that is video because you can fake a review, you can write anything you want online, you can smile for a pretty photo, it might not represent what's actually going on or what your brand actually stands for. It's a lot harder to fake that uh, in a video format. So yeah. so I think we're going to continue to see that, that demand increase. Mm-hmm. The content formats and the types of content, um, even just within video itself, I think we're going to see change slightly and adapt over time. But video as a content format it's just going to increase. Yeah. I think what you're touching on there with the like self-awareness, the authenticity of it, it's almost like for the way that we've operated in social media for so long, it had gotten to a point where things were so curated. Uh, pictures were so perfect. Face app. <laughs> like things, things where you like tune your faces, use filters. Like it, it made everything kind of like flattened in a sense that has people craving the authenticity of video, right? Because I think 
if we separate maybe now like short form from long form video, um, long form is like what we're doing right now where we're just going to simply, you know, talk. There's a higher production value. Like if anyone can, you know, kind of take in that this set is very much, you know, filled with lights. I see tons of like cameras, microphones, everything. This is like higher production value where short form sometimes is simply about just like picking up your phone and creating something. Mm -hmm. I think there's two ways of thinking in terms of short form and long form content. I think a lot of people have it in their heads that attention spans are shrinking and, mm -hmm. and you have to go shorter and shorter and make sure that your content is like it has to be engaging within the first half a second, which for certain platforms is potentially true. And yeah. we see that in uh, in research that's been done. And that's appeal appealing to algorithms though, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. But it's not like long form content has uh, no value. And in in many cases, it actually has uh, more value, not just in terms of what you are able to produce afterwards in terms of generating more content from that, but from the viewer's perspective as well. It, in a recent study, it was found that longer form content over 60 minutes mm -hmm. has a higher average retention rate uh, than short form content by percentage. So if somebody makes a, a one and a half hour sort of documentary mm -hmm. on YouTube talking about some very niche topic, the average viewer is going to watch more of that by percentage than they would watch a video under one minute. Right. So so like I getting think getting to the, the end of that, right? Yeah. I think those two types of content can both ex coexist. Mm -hmm. um, and I think brands can take advantage of each of them in, in different ways. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues to happen. But I think this sort of mindset that it just has to keep being shorter and you can only do short form content. It's important to consider, but it's not the be all end all. And in fact, there's been an increase in production of longer format content for brands uh, in 2023. And I, I don't think that's going to decrease anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's really valuable to think about the context of that within any given industry or topic, because you're right, sometimes, you know, things might take a lot more context to dive into to get really into what you are explaining, whether that is educational, you're trying to add value for your clients, your end user base. And, you know, 15 seconds is what I think of as like short form content sometimes. And for our clients, it's more like 30 seconds to a minute. But you're right in that a minute can feel long if it's in contrast to other things that are showing up in Reels and TikTok and everywhere else where everything else is like 7 to 15 seconds long, right? The context is what's interesting there. Uh, I've heard content, instead of being divided into short form or long form content, yeah. um, it's being described as lean forward versus lean back content. Right. Lean forward content is stuff that you're going to do while you're looking over at a phone, stuff that you want, that instant gratification. You want to just get the information quickly or just... Uh, have information delivered to you in a way that that feels good immediately. Like you don't need to think about it that hard. Um, so that's the type of content mm -hmm. that works really well in that super short format. Yeah. Um, things like TikToks, Reels. Yeah. The lean back content is the type of thing that you're going to sit down for a long time and invest more of your energy into absorb into absorbing. Mm -hmm. um, I totally resonate with uh, the idea of. There's if a TikTok video isn't interesting me in the first uh, five seconds, you can be pretty sure I'm going to be swiping. But if I see like a two hour 
deep dive video on like some random niche topic. It doesn't even need to be something I'm interested yeah. in. If it's somebody that I know is going to tell yeah. it in an interesting way, then I'm I'm clicking that and I'm probably going to stick around the whole time yeah. because it's just it's the context of where people take in the content. And um, that's not to say every brand should start making two hour documentaries. I don't think that's the answer. Um, but it might be depending on what you do. Yep. So something to consider. I know. I think the lean forward and lean back is like for lean forward, it's very much when you're interacting with social media, you are actively kind of scrolling and commenting and hitting like and really interacting with it. Whereas where you're talking about very clearly like YouTube and just queuing something up and, you know, making a favorites list of longer form content, it's a lot more similar to a sit on your couch and watch TV experience and that TV watching experience compared to a, you know, social media and interacting and, and community experience is a completely different thing to analyze, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another way of thinking about it is like if you're in conversation with someone um, and it's somebody that you, you know well, or it's somebody you care about their opinion. For me anyways, I love to have long, deep conversations with people. And I can sit down with somebody for a couple hours and just talk about one specific topic, um, niche or general. It's something that I'm willing to do. But if it's um, something that I'm not really interested in or it's somebody I'm just passing by, I'm not necessarily going to interact with them anymore after that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably not going to like stop to have a two-hour conversation with somebody right. out of nowhere. And I think it's that that mindset shift that people need to be aware of is like how where you're meeting your your viewer I guess and whether you consider it as like a journey a marketing journey or marketing funnel or mm-hmm. um, or you're making content just to make content yeah that is a really good way of thinking about it because some of that shorter form content is maybe uh, people's introduction to your account your brand that first piece that kind of catches people's attention but the longer form stuff is you know very much for adding a larger amount of value more context um, and going way more into depth, right? Like it's like the surface level versus depth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the way that Envision, like we had spent years at this point trying to figure out what is our video strategy. It's been interesting to kind of explore, you know, right from the beginning. We're like, do we just put some stories up on Instagram and go like lowest level of efforts and see where we can go from there? So I would say where we originally started, where... um, like, let's put ourselves out there and humanize the brand a little bit and show, you know, who we are, what we like to talk about, what kind of value we can offer to our clients. Our first foray into that was me giving topics to George and saying, like, record a quick story, like 30 seconds to a minute. He would just prop up his phone. And like, I have (laughs) some of the old ones where he's like really nervous and is like, hey, like, uh, so we're just going to talk about this quickly. And the stories were easy enough to put up, but I think after we did a couple of them, we're like, what's the flow of this? Like, what are we trying to get out of it? And what what exactly are we putting into practice by just kind of randomly putting up these stories and, and what information are we getting out of it? I think engagement was kind of there. Like we get a few comments, people being like, yeah, great idea that you shared. Um, but even with our kind of like lukewarm reception, I think George was like, the thing we need is quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the first thing that he was like, I want to I want to really dive into video was quality. And so he hired you, Michael. <laughs> and from there, we kind of like really catapulted the quality of our videos, the um, variations of them, which was all starting from, you know, 
talking head or just, you know, interviews with George in the office, walking around outside and expanding to this whole studio where we're interviewing each other, where we're talking to our clients, where we're doing testimonials and stuff. How did that look when you first entered Envision and were kind of tasked with, let's get into video? Mm -hmm. I I think my first project actually with Envision was... I guess you could say it's sort of like a, a trial run that George gave me was mm-hmm. editing one of those yeah. videos that you had instructed him to do. Yeah. So I, I remember the the starting point. I had like it was almost a good benchmark to to launch off other different types of content um, or different content strategies. Um, but yeah, it started off with us just picking a bunch of topics. Uh, me or other members of the team would help to brainstorm ideas, talking points. Uh, George would bring topics that he would like to address. I would put together a sort of production plan addressing some of those key points, um, maybe do some research to help uh, George prepare to be on camera. And then it would be as simple as following George around the office, picking a picking a spot outside to record. Um, and over time, the, the quality has, has improved. Um, and George has gotten so much more confident in front of the camera. And we started to introduce more people onto the camera, introduced uh, formats like bruise and buzzwords. Um, and I think that's something that I want a lot of businesses to take away from this. Um, you don't need to start at like a, a certain point. Like you just need to start, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't get to a point where you feel confident on camera, ready to go until you try it for a long time. Um I think it was Dave Grohl who said something along the lines of, and I'm going to misquote him here, um, the best way to become like an awesome band is to really suck in a garage, but be very loud and confident about it for a long time. <laughs> and eventually you'll start being good. Yeah. Um, so definitely misquoting him there, but it, something along those lines. And I think it, the same is true for um, when you're creating content. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Pippin. Uh, you want to start somewhere and wherever that is, it needs to be somewhere where you feel confident enough to create it effectively uh, and to want to continue to make it. So I, I think the key really is just getting started, start somewhere, and then you can fine tune your content over time. Uh, you can find what works best, what's resonating with your audience um, and what makes the most sense strategically for the platforms that you want to be on. And then then you can just take it from there and, and Make it make it better and better the the longer you do it. Yeah, I think something really important to know about content, especially posting in social media, online blogging, etc., is you can try and have the perfect plan. You can try and set up a campaign and have all of the pieces in place. You can plan ahead for an entire year if you wanted to, but ultimately. Once you start posting and you see how people react to it, you really, really have to consider the analytics and the insights that you're getting from platforms to understand performance, right? Like we're not going to pre-record tons and tons of videos and then see that like the way that we've done it just isn't resonating with our audience because um, it's not being dynamic. And in the way that platforms are changing, like the industry is changing the dynamic aspect of it means that like episode to episode, there's going to be improvements every time in order to get that perfect tagline, the caption, the way we break down the content so that we're improving each time that we go, right? And I think um, that can only be done by posting, which you're very right about 
acting imperfectly rather than, you know, making sure you've got the perfect plan in place. Yeah, you, you're never going to be ready. Like that, it's a, this sort of false uh, vision people have in their heads. So I'm going to plan my content for the next year and I'm going to um, rehearse everything perfectly. I'm going to have everything perfectly scripted. Yeah. And from video number one, it's going to look as good as video 100. And that's just not realistic. And the reality is you're never going to post anything. And if you do, it's very likely that halfway through that that content plan, you're going to mm-hmm. be going, oh, I wish I was changing some things. Now I feel like I'm trapped in this, yeah. in this sort of thing. So you got to be open to change. Um, this this studio, for example, I, every video I feel like I go, oh, I'm really happy with how this looks. And then before we shoot the next one, I go, oh, but if I just move this light a little <laughs> more over here. Um, so so even the the way you capture the content, the production of it, mm-hmm. that that can change over time as well as the content itself. Um, and I think it, it's healthy to to do that change. But you were bringing up uh, analytics before, and you won't see how people are engaging with your content if you don't post any content, right? Yeah. You won't know what's resonating with people. So you have to take that that first step yeah. or, or you're going to continue to not move. You're going to stagnate, right? Yeah. It's infinite chances for improvement, mm-hmm. right? Like, And those infinite chances are made in that like... There's so much volume of content out there in the world constantly. Um, I think there was a statistic like the Domo yearly, like how much content is there in the world sort of thing. Um, And I think the last time I'd looked at it was like 2019 or something. So essentially the statistic was like, we are exponentially creating like the amount of content online to the point where... 90% of the content that is out there has been created in the last two years. So it's so much of like that frequency and that wheel of creation that's happening that I can't even imagine with the rise of new platforms, like like new short form content, every piece of content being exponentially created means that it should almost feel like a relief that not everyone sees every piece of content, that like you almost get that forgiveness of... Eh, if only a few people see this, let's see, like we'll improve from there. And whatever it is that goes viral one day is like, it takes a lot of shots to maybe resonate out there, right? Mm -hmm. And that also means that you don't need to invest a crazy amount right away in having the best cameras and the best lights and everything. You can truly, I know it sounds cliche at this point, but you can capture amazing content with any smartphone these days. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even need to be the newest iPhone or anything, like really any any phone camera will do. I think the one consideration you have to make is how you want to present your brand or how you want your brand to be perceived. Because mm-hmm. uh, although your content doesn't need to be perfect, the way that you present yourself, um, it, it does have an impact on how people perceive your your brand. Like you you put yeah. the version of yourself online that you want people to to uh, to see and think about when they think of you. So that's one thing to consider. But for the vast majority of businesses, um, if you're just looking into getting started with content creation, producing your own videos, you you don't need to wait to invest in a big in a big setup. It can make sense in some cases, but you don't have to. In our situation, one of the reasons we started investing in camera equipment was because it gave. George more confidence. He felt like there's bigger production value. He wanted to prepare more. He felt more confident on mm-hmm. camera. Um, and so that might help some people in some cases, but um, but you can really get started with anything. So let's actually jump into statistics. Um, I think it's super interesting that in terms of video viewers, 
person on average will watch 17 hours of online video per week, um, which is a ton. Like 17 hours is like, that's more than your like one hour of watching TV per week. It's a lot of time invested. It says people watch videos for 84 minutes every day worldwide. Um, and that videos are twice as likely to be shared than any other type of content. So people are 52% more likely to share video content than other types of content like social posts, product pages, and blog posts. So I think what it's also signaling is that a lot of companies are jumping on board with that. 52% of companies are creating videos to educate their audiences now. And 96% of marketers say that video is an important part of their marketing strategy. So there are a lot of trends that we're seeing where there's just like an increased pickup in um, video creation obviously, with yourself being, you know, our, our lead media producer. Um, are you seeing that it's like something that's kind of a hurdle for a lot of clients to get into? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are intimidated to get into video and it's yeah. it's understandable why. It's definitely more of an investment of time and energy than uh, sharing photos or especially anything involving text posts. I think a lot of people still see it, especially um, older generations still see it as like, uh, it's like another version of TV. It's like not everybody would be comfortable like doing an interview, a televised mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. And by putting yourself on the internet, it's like it feels like a big thing for a lot of people and it doesn't need to be a, a big thing <laughs> for lack of better <laughs> words. Um, I think if you treat it as you're just building up people's um, knowledge of, of your personality, your persona, your brand that you want to put forward... Uh, and not like uh, this is my statement about who I am, period, and this is what I stand for mm-hmm. all in one video. It takes away the intimidation a bit. Like we talked about having converse- casual conversations with people. Um, your first time meeting somebody, there's for sure a first impression that happens, but you don't need to feel like the version of yourself that you present to that person is all they will ever know of you or that they will never continue to develop uh, their understanding of you as a person and what you yeah. believe in and what you stand for. So I, I think um, I think definitely it's intimidating for a lot of brands and individuals to get into. Um, but again, you kind of just gotta gotta do it. You gotta get over that. I, like I think like in your mind. where you're going with that is like if for a lot of our clients, if they feel like they do one about video, one explainer video about their product there's such high stakes because that's that one piece of video. Like it's their 100% of everything that's in their digital footprint. Whereas you and I recording this video, we're like, this is one of a hundred pieces of content that we're going to be in, that we're going to record, that there's going to be many more. And so um, it, it lowers the stakes there versus feeling like, oh my God, this is everything that's ever going to define us, which is a lot of pressure on like, you know, the production of, one or two videos. It is. I think sometimes those videos can be really helpful, especially in uh, web mm-hmm. uh, web use cases, uh, because usually the context people are seeing that content is they've already seeked you out. They're already interested in whatever you do. And by the time they're watching your about video, if they're going to watch the whole thing, they're already invested. They already care about whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing. So in that sense, it can take a little bit of pressure off. Um, but... Also recognizing that most people aren't going to be watching those videos out of out of nowhere. Um, so by putting a focus more on creating 
content that's valuable for your your uh, consumers or your viewers. It allows you to sort of just focus on one small thing at a time versus needing to make this big this big statement piece. And again, those can be awesome, but I think for for brands just wanting to get started. Pick one topic, pick one talking point, pick one thing you're passionate about or you can educate on or you can entertain your viewers with and do as good a job as you can of delivering that narrative on camera and then see how that goes, see how people respond and do another one of those videos and tailor it over time. Um, And you're going to notice that if you're paying attention to um, how people are engaging, you're pay, paying attention to the analytics and you're trying to make incremental improvements, that the quality of your content is just going to increase more and more and more. And if you do need to make one of those big, intense statement piece videos, then think of it in, in a completely different context. It's like there that's not all of your videos have to be that big statement. So you mm-hmm. can, when you're diving into it, it doesn't need to be super intense right away. Yeah. I mean, I'm essentially hearing from you that there's got to be a video strategy around more than a single facet, right? Like if we are creating like these about videos, if we're, you know, when we do headshots for clients and we kind of create things that are assets for their site, it is such a different concept around content than if you're creating content for an ongoing flow of posting and creating a pulse on social media, showing that you're still alive and commenting on, um, you know, recent industry news, making sure that you're staying on top of uh, updating even what's going on with yourselves as businesses, right? So I think those are like really different pieces of content that are necessary to do. Like it's it's very much so if we're talking about trends for the next year, um, it means that almost all brands have to get involved in some form of ongoing content creation. Mm -hmm. And to that point, you can also take advantage of different methods of capturing content to limit the amount of effort you need to put in to get a lot out of it. So if you've been um, creating content for for a long time and you're starting to see the patterns of what people are engaging with and you know, for example, you want to make more short form content, Mm -hmm. but you don't have the time to shoot 10 individual videos in, in a week or whatever the case is, Maybe that's your opportunity to do sort of a sit down conversational video like this, do some long form content. If the long form piece works out, great, but consider it as a tool that you can leverage in other other contexts on other platforms. So like this video we're filming here, we're going to edit it, cut it together, um, export it as a full length YouTube video. Mm-hmm. It's going to exist on audio platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and um we're also going to get a ton of social media clips out of it. And I think if if you're creating content with that strategy in mind of where you want it to exist and and who you want to listen to it or or watch it, you can take, again, more pressure off yourself by, by just thinking about it with that strategic lens. It was so interesting talking to you about all these different forms of content because I always learn new different frameworks that I might not have thought about. Um, Michael, do you have any takeaways for our clients, marketers out there on um, video marketing in 2024? Yeah, uh, for sure. I think a few things that you need to consider is one, consider your audience and how they're taking in your content. Um, 
the audience, first of all, that you want to attract and the people that are engaging with your content, uh, what's working for them and fine tune that. Uh, you want to make sure that you're working with the tools you have and optimizing your production strategy based on what works best for you and the type of content you want to create. And really, the the key point in all of this is just getting started at some point because you won't be able to work on those those strategies, those uh, shooting techniques, the uh, style of content until you have some sort of a starting point, a frame of reference, a benchmark. So just get started and see see what's working and keep going. That's always a lesson, right? In marketing, just do it. (laughs) Just measure after that. That's a good slogan. We should use that. We should use that. Do you think anyone has that yet? I don't don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's our usual conclusion? Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You can end it on that. I like that. Okay, sure. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.